All right, what's up, 10 a.m.? Good to see you this morning. 8.30 was awesome, uh, but you guys are gonna be even better, right? You got a little extra hour of sleep or something like that. Uh, who's gonna win the Super Bowl? Eagles or the Chiefs? Anybody, who cares? Right, who cares at this point? Hey, we're incredibly grateful to have each and every one of you. If I haven't gotten the opportunity to meet you yet and you're new, uh, my name is Aaron, I'm one of the pastors here. And truly, I'm just honored to be a part of this team and what God is doing in the life of our church right now. Uh, I wanna let you know, last week we kicked off what we're calling a vision series called Plus One, where we're talking about kind of where we're at now and where we believe God is taking us as a church. And so this is a message, or not a message, it's a series on faith, how we can take steps of faith together as a church, seeking God uh, to guide us. And we're gonna talk a lot about that, that today, to guide us and direct us. And uh, I wanna remind you that if you weren't able to get one of our plus one vision packets, if you, if you missed last week, please grab one of those. We got several of those back on the table uh, that describe kind of where we're at and where we're going and Commitment Sunday on March 12th and all that kind of stuff. It'll help you to understand why uh, we feel the urgency that we feel right now. And on that note, there are three words that I believe God's been giving me over and over when it comes to this particular series and this vision, uh, plus one vis vision series. And that is urgency, opportunity in everybody. And throughout uh, this series, I'm gonna try to answer some popular questions that I think are coming up that are being re reiterated by many. Uh, one of those questions that's come up a couple times is, hey, why are we feeling um, it necessary to be so quick to buy a new building? Like, doesn't this space work well for us? And I would say, yes, it does. And this space has been incredible and we think we could grow in this space. Uh, but if you missed that explanation last week, a year from almost today, a year from today in February, 2024, our lease is gonna go from $20,000 a month to $37,000 a month. That's approximately $450,000 a year that we're paying towards a building that we will never own. And I would tell you that as the leader of this church, um, that's not being good stewards of your resources. And so at that point, it's like, man, it just makes sense now that we would find our, our future location, our future home, and begin to prepare ourselves now. So I just talked about the urgency side of that. The urgency is we're kind of in a tight timeline here. And then I would tell you the opportunity is that we believe, because we're listening to people a lot smarter than us right now, that throughout this year, there's gonna be some unique opportunities. Some things are going to come available. And we are, again, listening to people that kind of pay attention to the markets and things a lot more than we do. And so we want to be prepared for that opportunity. We believe this year specifically will provide some unique opportunities and we wanna be prepared because the last thing we want to happen is, let's say something incredible comes available that would be an incredible future home of Trace Church, but we weren't ready. We weren't prepared. And so one of my responsibilities as your pastor is to help us get prepared for where I believe God is leading us. And then the last thing I would tell you is it's gonna take everybody. This really is gonna take everybody. We need everybody to be invested in this because that challenge of an additional $2.3 million over the next two years is going to be a huge challenge for our church. And it's going to take sacrifices on behalf of each of us. And so it's gonna take everybody. Now, let me say something that I mentioned last week that I just wanna reiterate right now. This is not going to be a series on money. I'm not gonna get up here and just talk to you about giving every single week, uh, even though we will of course talk about financial faithful faithfulness and sacrifice. Uh, but this is not a series on giving, this is a series on faith. 
and how as we continue to take steps of faith together, not only are we gonna strengthen our own personal lives and marriages and relationships, but we're going to strengthen the foundation of this church and where God may want to lead us next, which is why last week we started with this idea of what is the priority of Jesus? Uh, Because the priority of Jesus should be the priority of his people. The priority of Jesus should be the priority of the church. And so we determined that Jesus made it pretty clear that his priority was to seek and save people who didn't know him, people that had potentially run away from him, like distant into faraway places, places that maybe you would even admit today that you've been that were dark, people that have run far from God. Jesus came to give you a path, no matter how far you have run from God, no matter how far you are from God, Jesus came to give us a path so that we could return home to the Father. And if that was his priority, then it should be the priority of his church. It should be the priority of us. And so we determined we wanted to start with this prayer. God, give us a holy discontent. In other words, an unsettling in our spirit. Give us a holy discontent for those who don't know Jesus. Like help us to feel it deeply. Help us to remember that without the saving grace of Jesus, there is no path to eternal salvation. And so we need to feel burdened at times for those that we love and those that we know that don't know Jesus. And so we begin with that prayer. Now for our time today, what I'd like to do is talk about the importance of inviting and allowing the spirit of God to guide our lives to listen for his voice and to listen for his promptings and be ready to obey. Because all of us would probably say and probably admit that we know that something or someone is going to guide our lives, right? Like something or someone is going to guide our lives. And my guess is that we've all lived enough life to admit that we've allowed the wrong things at times in our life. We've allowed the wrong things or the wrong person to guide our life. And some of us would even admit we've got the scars to prove it, right? And so today I wanna talk about the importance of listening for the voice of the Holy Spirit and the guidance of the Holy Spirit because what we have a tendency to do if we're not careful is we will create our own path, we will come up with our own plan and we forget that the Spirit is trying to reveal God's purpose to us that should come alongside of that plan and that path. That those two things can be parallel But without the spirit of God revealing those things to us, sometimes what we have a tendency to do is to distance ourselves from his guidance and we just take our own path and our own plan. And I'm gonna say this over and over and over again today that where God wants to lead you, where the spirit of God wants to lead you, it's good, (laughs) it's good and it's pleasing. And his purpose for you, it's perfect. The guidance of the Holy Spirit will never lead us Let me say that differently. The guidance of the Holy Spirit will allow us to avoid many of those unnecessary wounds and scars that many of us know we'd be ready to admit first thing this morning. It's like, yep, I allow the wrong people, the wrong things to guide me and I've got the scars to prove it. When we allow the Spirit of God to lead us and to guide us and we're ready to follow through with obedience, he will allow us, he will keep us and cause us to avoid Uh, many of those unnecessary wounds and scars. Now, for those of you that may be new to all of this, um, and some of this even already is starting to sound a little bit weird, where it's like, all right, the voice of the Spirit, prompting the Spirit, like, what are we talking about? Let me give you a a quick flyover, and for the rest of us, this will be a great reminder. About 2,000 years ago, God came to us in the person of Jesus. 
And when God came to us through the person of Jesus, he both taught us and he showed us how to live. Not only just to give us a path to eternal life through his death, burial, and resurrection, but he actually came to show us a better way of life. That when we follow his example, when we follow what he modeled for us in his teachings and we listen and we invite the guidance of his spirit, that we will avoid so much heartache, so much pain, so much regret. In our relationships, they'll actually be better. That we will be able to find joy in the midst of even difficult circumstances. That we can find peace that surpasses understanding even in the midst of our sorrow. There's incredible promises that come when we listen and we follow the guidance of Jesus's example and his spirit and his spirit's promptings. And before he ascended into heaven, he looked at his followers and said something that's critical. He said, guys, I'm gonna leave and it's better for me if I leave because if I don't leave, then my spirit can't come. And ultimately what he is saying is, while I'm alive, I can only influence those that are around me. My teachings are only you know, going as far as the people that are in proximity to me are able to hear. But when I leave, I'm gonna send to you my spirit who's going to come and live inside of you and alongside of you. And my spirit is going to be able to dwell within every follower of Jesus in this world, millions and billions of people. And Jesus says, my hope is that you'll follow his promptings, that you'll listen to his guidance because where he wants to guide you is good and it's pleasing. That if you follow his guidance, you're gonna find more health and blessings relationally and spiritually and emotionally, and yes, even sometimes financially. Some of you might be curious to what it looks like to follow that guidance because maybe you're brand new to this and that's something that comes up from time to time. How do we know if we're actually hearing from the spirit and it's the spirit that's prompting us or if I just had some bad pizza last night, right? It's like sometimes we, we're trying to decipher through what, is, what does that feel like? What does that look like? What does it sound like? Well, the best place to start is God's word. So let me read to you from a letter that Paul wrote to the church in Corinth. He says, but as it is written, what no eye has seen, no ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. So God has prepared something for you. These things God has revealed to us through the spirit. So one of the purposes of the spirit is to reveal God's purpose to you. For the spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. I want you to pay attention to this. This is incredible. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person, which is in him. So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. And now we have received, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. Why? That we might understand. That we might understand the things freely given to us by God. Let me jump over to Romans chapter eight. And this is again, Paul's letter to the church in Rome. He says, but you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the spirit if you have the spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him at all. And Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the spirit gives you life because you have, you've been made right with God. The spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead, think about this. The spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you if you've given him your life. 
And just as God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by his same spirit living within you. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do, right? Those things that have had the potential to guide us in the wrong direction. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But through the power of the spirit, you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. Next statement is critical. For all who are led by the spirit of God, are children of God, which means not everybody is a child of God. Sometimes we get that wrong in the church. For all who are led by the spirit of God, when you give Jesus your life, you surrender to him, you repent, you invite him to be your savior, your king, your Lord, your leader. He sends you his Holy Spirit. All of that leads me to an all important question today. I'd say it's a series of questions. It starts with this, are we allowing the Holy Spirit to guide our lives? Sincerely answer that question in your mind right now. Maybe we need to make it more personal. Am I allowing the Spirit of God to guide me in all areas of life? Or are there some areas that I've kept off limits to him? Maybe I could encompass that series of questions with this. Does the Spirit of God have all of me? Does the Spirit of God have all of me? Can we be honest this morning? Don't most of us have an area in our life that we either right now or have in the past kept off limits to the Spirit of God's guidance? Can we just be honest? I mean, we like all the things that we like. Like, God, I'll take the eternal salvation part, your unconditional love that I can come to you just as I am, that you'll give me peace that surpasses understanding, even in the midst of my sorrow, that you'll give me joy. You'll give me joy in spite of my circumstances, that you'll give me new mercies every morning, that you'll come and you'll comfort me, that you'll give me blessing, that you'll answer my prayers. I love all of that, but when it comes to this, I got it. God, when it comes to this area of my life, let's just kind of close that door and lock it. I don't necessarily need your guidance over here. I'd rather go with my own personal preferences. I'll take all of this. I'll take all of that. And by the way, thank you for that. But here, I got this. When it comes to, to this area or these areas of my life, I'll go with my own personal preferences. Aren't there some areas that if we were forced to be honest this morning, aren't there some areas in each of our lives that we would have to admit we're keeping off limits to the guidance of the Holy Spirit? I want you to hold that thought. How many of you guys grew up singing this song? Anybody grow up singing this hymn in the church, in the tradition that you were from? Not many of you, which means most of you aren't Baptists, which is just sad. Um, just kidding. It's incredible lyrics. Incredible lyrics. All to Jesus, I surrender. All to him, I freely give. I will ever love and trust him in his presence, daily live. But oftentimes we don't, do we? Oftentimes we don't. Now we still sing the song because I surrender some just doesn't have the same ring to it. Some to Jesus I surrender, some to Jesus I will give. I will ever love and trust him as long as Jesus accepts how I live. 
I surrender some. Okay, we're done. That's why I don't leave worship for our church. I was processing through all of this this past week, and I started to ask myself some questions where I'm like, okay, I think all of us, since most of us are like the rest of us, I think all of us have probably struggled with this, either in the past or currently, where we've kept some things off limits to the spirit of God's guidance. And then I asked myself the question, well, what would be like the three most common areas? What would be the, if there were, like what would be three of the common denominators in this particular area of our life where the majority of people would keep these three things primarily off limits to God? Now, this is my list. It's not a list I got from some survey somewhere, but per my experience, I came up with these three things. That it would be sexual and relationship preferences. It would be stewardship and money, right? It's my money. I can do with it what I want. Even though it's not, God has allowed everything that you have in your possession to come into your possession and he could take it all away. And then our speech, like how we choose to talk, what we allow ourselves to say. When it comes to our sexual and relationship preferences, it could be uh, same sex in nature. It could be sex outside of marriage. It could be dating or marrying people who don't love Jesus. It could be adultery. It could be getting a divorce for unbiblical reasons. When it comes to sexuality and relationships, God, I got this. I'm gonna do it my way. What about stewardship and money? I think too often we buy the lie that money will actually give us everything that God is uniquely designed to give us. This is why when Jesus spoke on the subject in Matthew chapter six, and he said, you can't serve or love both God and money. The Greek word he uses for, for money is the word mammon. Mammon is literally translated as the God of money. And so what it is, is it's saying, it's money saying, hey, I'll give you hope. Is that what you're looking for? I'll give you hope. I'll give you purpose and peace and power and prestige and position and joy and identity. And sometimes money can offer those things and still be in a healthy form and fashion in the way it offers, it, offers us those things. But it should never replace God's unique design to show you how these things need to operate within your faith. The enemy knows that this is an easy sell for some that money can give you everything that God can, so why bother with God? Just pursue these things. He'll, he'll give you everything that you need. Money will give you everything that you need. One of the reasons that I would tell you that financial generosity is critical in the life of followers of Christ is because it battles this lie. It combats this lie. What about our speech? Well, I have the right to express myself. This is how I feel. This is what I think is right. This is my truth. So whether it's a political rant that I wanna go on or a power grab or just putting someone in their place because they don't have the same opinions as me, I have the right to express how I feel, even if that comes at the expense of hurting someone else's feelings. Or what about in the context of marriage? Well, he deserved it. She deserved it. Well, she started it. I'll finish it while the Spirit of God is trying to whisper to you, and we say this often, like we don't say shut up in our house, but the Holy Spirit does, right? Like shut up. And he's trying to remind you of what James says in James 1, 19 through 20. Be quick to listen, quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because man's anger, these, these angry outbursts, it's not, the life that, it's not the life that God wants for you and it's leading to pain and regrets. On that note, really quick, I would tell you, man, I hope each and every single one of you 
if you're married or not married, can come to the event that Emily and I are putting on next Sunday. We don't do this very often, um, but I'm thankful every time I can get this woman up on stage with me because I think she's brilliant and she's got a lot to say. And so I would encourage you to come. By the way, tickets are going fast, so I would register as soon as you can. Uh, just kidding, we're not selling tickets or anything like that. It's a free event. Um, but we really do want you to come. Um, we wanna speak into your marriage. We wanna talk to you about the different things that God has taught us over the years. And for those that know us well, be ready. We're gonna be real and we're gonna be raw and we're gonna talk about things that have been difficult. And we're gonna talk about areas that we've been proactive and seeing a lot of fruit and success. So hopefully you can make it to that. I wanna go a layer deeper really quick on these because again, as I was processing through these, I started to ask myself, well, what is it about these three areas that lead most of us to keep them off limits from the Spirit's guidance in our life? Like, what is it about those three things specifically? And what I concluded is that don't these three areas represent where we want the most individuality? I mean, think about it. In the areas where we want to express individuality, I would say these are three of the top areas. In other words, it's like, hey, it's my body. I can do with it whatever I want. I can love whoever I want. Hey, it's my money. I worked hard to earn it. I can spend it however I please. Hey, these are my opinions. These are my feelings. I should be allowed to express them no matter who it may hurt. And so instead of inviting the spirit of God to lead us in all areas of life, sometimes we act as if we know better than God. I'll go my own way on this, God. I'll listen to you and believe all these other things, but when it comes to this or these things, I'll do it my way. Let me show you something that Paul said when he wrote to the church in Rome, Rome Romans chapter 11. He said, oh, how great are God's riches and wisdom and knowledge. How impossible it is for us to understand his decisions and his ways. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to give him advice? And who has given him so much that he needs to pay it back? For everything comes from him, exists by his power, and is intended for his glory. All glory to him forever. Amen. And so a quick question that all of us should ask ourselves this morning is, does our sexual preferences and our purity and our money and our speech are we looking at those things and using those things to bring glory to God or just pursuing our own personal preferences? Let me continue. He says, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you. It's an interesting word Paul chooses. I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all that he's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice. In other words, give him all of you. Nothing is off limits your whole life the kind that he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you. Ready? Here it is. What does God want, what does God want for you? Where is the spirit guiding you? To good things. Pleasing things. And his will and his purpose for you, it's perfect. There was a point in my life where I would tell you that I acknowledged God, I believed in God, I even believed in Jesus, but I was not allowing the spirit of God to guide me. And if I were to go back and kind of revisit that time in my life, I would tell you, I was chasing things that I thought would give me a good time. I was pursuing things that I thought were gonna be pleasing and pleasurable. 
Because at the end of the day, I mean, nobody's perfect, right? Don't we hide behind that sentiment way too often? Well, nobody's perfect, so I might as well sleep around before I get married. I might as well do some drugs and have a good time. I might as well cheat or manipulate my way forward. I might as well make whatever sacrifices are necessary to build my own personal portfolio and wealth. Because nobody's perfect. I might as well make a compromise and buy a cat. Nobody's perfect. <laughs> and all the dog people said, no, don't say it, man. Don't say it, man. Don't say it. That's, that's horrible. We love cat people. Like, come as you are. Isn't that the message of Jesus? Come as you <laughs> Trace, couldn't we also admit that when it comes to these three particular areas, we would, all have, we would also say that they've caused the most pain and regret. When it comes to these per, three particular areas, we would have to admit that they potentially caused the most tension in our life or in our relationships or maybe even in our marriage right now. Wouldn't we have to admit that when we closed off the access for the Spirit of God to guide us in this particular area, it led us to some of our major regrets. Do you know why this particular proverb is the most popular proverb? And I'm sure you've heard it. You'll see it on plaques. You'll see it on little sailboats in people's offices, right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart, all your heart, and not lean on your own understanding but in all your ways, not some of your ways, in all of your ways, acknowledge him and what will he do in return? Then he'll set your path straight. Do you know why this is such a popular proverb in my mind? Because so many of us have tried following our own understanding. We got the scars to prove it. So many of us have only acknowledged God in some of our ways. And we've learned that in the areas that we kept off limits to him, he actually had a better plan. That instead of leading us to more pain, he would have led us to more pleasing and perfect experiences. Let me close with this. There's a difference in believing in God and believing God. Can I say it again? There's a difference in believing in God and believing God. And so this morning, I want us to acknowledge that God does know what's best for us in all areas of life. And what I want to encourage you to do is I want you to locate the area or areas that you would admit this morning that you have made off limits to the Spirit's guidance. And I want you to remember and trust that what He wants for you, it's good. It's pleasing. And I also want you to remember, maybe per your own examples and experiences, that when you don't listen to the Spirit's guidance, oftentimes what we experience is not good, but it's something that leads us to be full of guilt. It's not pleasing, but it's something that causes a lot of pain and regret in our life. And instead of living out God's perfect purpose for our life, that takes time to decipher through and figure out, and we mess up at it every day. Let me be clear about that. We mess up at it every single day, which is why we should all be so thankful for God's grace. 
but instead of experiencing his perfect purpose for our life, we often settle for something so much less. I've said it this way, you were made for so much more than what you often settle for. And so whether it's these three things or maybe something entirely different, can I ask you to be honest with yourself this morning and to locate the area or areas that you have kept off limits when it comes to the Spirit's guidance in your life? And the next time that we sing this song, that we really can mean it, that it's no longer I surrender some, it's I surrender all. I wanna give you an opportunity to do that right now. I'm gonna have Tyler and Paige come up and lead us through a couple choruses of this song. But before we do, can we just take a moment? Can we take a moment and kind of prepare ourselves for this? Can we be ready to truly sing this song and know that we are opening ourselves up for, the full, for, for God to have full access to our lives? to guide us in all areas of life, that there's nothing off limits because we know and we believe that where he wants to lead us, it's good and it's pleasing. I would hope that in a moment when we stand to sing this together, that if you feel comfortable, that you would just kind of open your hands up like this as a physical posture to show God that you are surrendering all, that you're no longer keeping areas of your life off limits, full access full access. And I know, listen to me, I know for some of you right now, you're processing through all of this really, really fast right now because you're thinking, man, if I really believed that and if I really follow through with this, that means I'm going to have to make some drastic changes in my life to which I would say, yes, you will. And for somebody who would tell you, when I look back through the rearview mirror of my life and I look at all the things that I chased for a long time thinking that they were going to bring me more fulfillment. And I lived, I lived in all kinds of sin. And being on the other side of that now and truly wanting the spirit of God to guide me in all areas of my life and I still mess up at it. Oh man, I would tell you wholeheartedly, it is so much better. It is good. It is pleasing and what God wants for you is a perfect plan. And if you'll just listen, if you'll accept that guidance, I know you might make, need to make some hard calls, but I promise you it's worth it. I promise you it's worth it. So I'm gonna pray for us right now. I'm just gonna pray for the spirit to begin to kind of break down any resistance that we may have to what he's attempting to do in our hearts, minds, and souls right now and that when we sing this song that we truly open ourselves up and we give everything we have to God, a, a holy sacrifice, our living sacrifice, our bodies over to him, keeping nothing off limits. God, we pray right now that your Holy Spirit would move in this room. And I know there's some reluctance in this room right now. I know that there's an enemy that's continuing to lie to someone saying, you really don't need to do this. Yeah, you might even know that it's wrong, but you're really, it's not really that big of a deal. You might as well just keep going down this path because it's the one that you've already chosen. Right now, it's the path of re least resistance. And you know if you make this change, it's going to take some accountability. It's going to take some discipline. It's gonna take a fight. And so Father, I pray you remind us in this moment that we have the gift of your spirit 
Sometimes we get too caught up in the gifts of the Holy Spirit instead of just being reminded of the gift of the Spirit, Jesus coming and living inside of us and alongside of us to help us to navigate the perplexities of life, the difficulties of life, the problems in this life, the pain of this life, the regret in this life. Come Holy Spirit, have your way with us. We open ourselves up to you right now. We sing this because we mean it. It's no longer I surrender some, we surrender all. It's in Christ's name we pray, amen.